The South Carolina House Ad Hoc Committee is set to hear testimony on any upcoming after-row legislation in the South Carolina State House. President Joe Biden's administration appears to be out of touch with the American people. Might this have something to do with the liberal world order? And the left is ramping up their abortion push. All of that on a loaded Tuesday edition of the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. And with that, we welcome you into the new digs for the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And gentlemen, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson are beside me. I think we can say that these uh, these digs are a bit more friendly to the yeah. video audience. Warm and cozy. It is. Uh, and we appreciate, totally warm. <laughs> we appreciate it's warm in here. We do appreciate First Presbyterian Church here in Columbia for the opportunity to be able to, to use the facilities that they have here. And and. Just is a really great space for us and a great place for you to be able to interact with the things that are going to go on all across the state of South Carolina. We'll have a lot of new things to be able to show you over the next few weeks, but we have a ton to dive into today. There's a ton to get to today, and you might notice a bit of the table decoration. We encourage you to look into those each and every week as, as it grows. The, <laughs> there could the be ad, Easter eggs. There could be Easter eggs. The ad hoc committee set up by new Speaker of the House, uh, Merle Smith, is getting set to hear testimony this Thursday in regards to any abortion legislation, pro-life legislation. It depends on your point of view there. Uh, and this ad hoc committee, guys, I think it's important really quickly before we dive into this to go into who is on this ad hoc committee, why is it important, and what is their focus. So let's start with who's on the committee. Of course, the chairman of the committee, we talked to him inside the House chamber, is uh, Representative John McCravey, and he's the chairman of this ad hoc committee. Now we're going to break these down. I, I think we can see the members are in different factions. Yeah, there, I think you will have different kind of factions that you have. You have a strong conservative group. You have a group that's kind of in the middle. Some of them are going to be conservative. They're going to be Republicans that may be a little bit more moderate. You have some Democrats that may be a little bit more towards the center, towards the right. And then you have some, some core Democrats, liberals, that are going to be very much pro-choice right. on these issues. And so, you know, as we break these folks down, we want you to be able to understand this so that when you are looking at what's going on, you not only understand how does the issue impact you, but what you can do about it. Because one of these representatives may actually be your representative in your hometown. And so as you begin to look at what we're doing here, we want you to understand how important it is for you to be directly involved in what's going on in South Carolina politics. The other thing to bear in mind here as we look at these is that not all of the time does the letter in front of that person's name necessarily guarantee where they're going to fall on this specific issue. Sure. Even we talk about that, especially as you pull the lever or push the button at the, the ballot box when you vote. Sometimes the person that you're voting on in that particular party's primary doesn't necessarily follow the party line when it comes to this issue. So as we talk through these names, it's extremely important to think through that as well. So we have John McCravey, who is the chairman, representative from Greenwood. He's followed by Representative Micah Kasky from the KC West Columbia area. Uh, and here are the others. Uh, representative Heather Ammons Crawford, Representative Chandra Dillard, uh, Representative Coach Hayes is on the list as well. Uh, representative Rosalind Henderson Myers, Representative Davey Hyatt, who's going to become the, the new majority leader right. uh, when the session kicks off again in January, the new session. Representative Jeff Johnson. Uh, Representative Josiah Magnuson, Representative Travis Moore, Representative Melissa Lackey-Oremus, and Representative J. David Weeks. That's a 12-person committee. 
and just on straight split R versus D, it's a 9-3 split. It is. Mm -hmm. I think you take a look at Chandra Dillard. I think you take Rosalind Henderson-Myers. I think you take a look at Representative Weeks. They're going to tend to be more on the liberal side. Right. Mm -hmm. In the middle, I think you've got um, Coach Hayes, who mm -hmm. is a Democrat, but is has been very pro-life in other votes. Right. Uh, I believe he voted for Saving Women's Sports. He's voted for uh, pro-life legislation. Uh, Micah Kasky would also fall from the Republican side into that uh, because he's just got some some broader views, more moderate views on other issues. But you've got some some core Republicans that are in yes. that list as well. And I think you're going to see that that's going to be the split of this 12-member committee. And give it to Speaker Merle Smith for the fact that he put together a committee that's going to take a look at this issue. Because keep in mind, folks, we are out of the regular legislative session right now. Right. We are now in what's called the sine die session. And so that is at the end of session, they can come back and they can deal with some specific issues. And when they do that, then that enables them to, to do things, but it's very restricted and very specific as to what they can do. And in that line, they are going into basically this hearing on Thursday, which kicks off the first of the hearings for this legislation with really an empty slate. They put together a bill out there but the language in it just says, we're going to do something, yep. but How nothing very specific. And that's really what these hearings, yeah. the first of these being the one on Thursday, that's what these hearings are all about. House Bill 5399, which if you search that on the State House website, there's really nothing to it. It's kind right. of an, it's as blank. Dave said, it's, an, it's a blank slate. And again, so don't look at this. This is why it's so important. This is what we talk about on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. This is one of the reasons why we're the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state. Because when you look at this, don't just look at it as, as, as Mitch says, as an RD split, as a 9-3 split. Within the 9, there's probably three or four different categories. And within the 3, there might be two or three different categories. Right. So, so you're moving in a lot of different realms here. I think what's important for folks to understand is what this committee's job is. This committee's job is to collect public testimony mm -hmm. and craft a bill. This bill will not immediately go to the floor for a vote. Right. This it's got to go through the process. It has to go through the process. Right. So I just want to make sure that we break that down because there are going to be people. This is a very charged issue. There are very, very deeply held views on both sides. And I think we need to have a, a, a common sense approach to this as to what does this mean, what, what will this bill do because it's not going immediately to the floor. It's not going immediately to the governor's desk. It's going to have to go through the process. Well, I think you go, it's, it's more, it's interesting the word both in that particular case because it seems to be either or. And right. I, I really do think, guys, that when we look at this, there are about eight different, there are 170 members of the legislature, and I can almost guarantee you there are 170 different ways that they're looking at this as to how to come about. And so part of the process that you go through in creating legislation is to really boil down and allow all the sides to come together. There are some people who, they're fine with that. Mm -hmm. They want to find that common ground in the middle. There are some folks who are like, no, it's this way or the, or the highway. It's right. my way or the highway sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And as much as we are all looking for how do we create a world, a South Carolina, mm -hmm. in which culturally we look at abortion as something that is inherently wrong, Right. Instead of different things being options that we look at it culturally and go, we want everything to do to protect life. 
You're absolutely right. In fact, a lot of people only look at this from the legal or legislative side. It's important for us to also understand that accompanied by that legal or legislative side, which does inform culture, that culture also informs legislation. So the laws that we have are often informed by the way the culture works and, and the other way around. Right. So as we look at this, the cultural issues here, it's extremely under, important for us to understand and those of you watching, listening to hear, this needs to be a morally reprehensible thing. The sure. idea that we would terminate a life, a human life in the womb is a morally reprehensible thing. It's not just illegal as determined by 170 members of the legislative body and signed by the governor. It's also culturally, societally, morally reprehensible. What we do find as we continue to talk about this breakdown, and, and, and to your point, you talk to people in, in just normal everyday situations, and, and you, know, you might offhandedly say something about you know, being physically conservative, right. and then that boils into, okay, but are you socially conservative? And, and the person immediately goes, well, not really. I'm not really right. a social conservative. But then when you break things down, you go, well, actually, you hold views that are pretty pretty founded in social conservatism and, and we have heard that before i mean when yeah. we go out we grab lunch or we're out there talking we'll talk with the folks at the table it's fun it's a lot of fun to have these conversations <laughs> with folks it is. and and we had one just recently and and we started talking about issues and the wait staff where we were at we were talking with them and, and it was like you know i'm I, first the woman said I'm, I'm a fiscal conservative right and then we started going i say so if you're fiscal conservative where are you on certain other cultural issues? Very pro-life, also accepting of LGBTQ, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and But at the same time, stood there and, and stood on other cultural issues. Second Amendment. Second Amendment, prime example. Right. And I think that that's the place where we have to begin to recognize, and we talk about this all the time, folks, when you are looking at South Carolina's legislature, how many times have we heard, guys, the, the whole idea of, well, we've got a Republican House and we've got a Republican Senate and we've got a Republican governor. Why can't we get all of these things done? Well, the South Carolina House with the 82 Republicans that are in there right now are about 17 different shades of red. Yep. Right. Exactly. The, the Democrats are about four different shades of blue. And there's some purple ones in the middle as well. And I think that this is where the nuances, and, and we heard this in our interview with uh, Adam Morgan when we were talking mm -hmm. about the Freedom Caucus. There are a lot of different people with a lot of different viewpoints, yeah. and they all kind of have, they, they conglomerate together. We try to associate with one party or another because we've just naturally done that, but there are a lot of shades that are in between, and that's where part of what we're going to be going through in this, in the 5399 in the new pro life legislation, is how do we find as much of the common ground as we can? Right. Though, as many of us as are, if you're listening to this, you're probably of the mentality of, we just want to end all abortion. Right. And, and as conservatives, yes, we do. Yes. And we want to make it culturally reprehensible yep. that we would actually even consider abortion as an option. We wouldn't consider killing somebody an option. We actually treat dogs and cats uh, legally better than we do unborn children. Mm. That's a whole other topic for another sure. podcast. But that's where we are right now. Sure. Katy Perry would tell you that we treat fireworks better than, better than women. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Now, the forecast of the committee, they, they're going to meet at noon on Thursday. Public testimony will be taken. You don't sign up for the testimony. No. You just show up. I promise you it is going to be a charged um, hearing, and I'm sure there will be a lot of forceful 
testimony on both sides. And obviously, we'll be keeping you up to date on what happens in that committee room. That's just the first of probably two that they'll have, and then they'll draft the legislation. And once right. they do that, then, folks, it's got to go through the subcommittee. It's got to be passed out of subcommittee, then out of committee before it can be voted on by the entire body. That's important. To and know. that's only on the House side. That's before mm -hmm. the Senate has to do Correct. their side. Here's, here's what the time frame is, folks, just so that you're aware of this. November 13th, according to the Signy Die resolution, November 13th is the drop dead deadline for anything for this legislature to do. Because keep in mind, we've got elections yep. on November 8th. The new legislature gets sat on Monday the 14th. Mm -hmm. So at that particular time, this legislative session is over. So they're going to want to get this done. I really do believe they're going to want to have it done before the election in November. So we're looking at early fall, probably something coming down. But if you're going to be want to watch legislation, I mean, watch the process of the committee hearings, we fully recommend that you do that. We'll make sure that you have a link on Thursday so that you can watch them live because they're expected to take testimony for at least six to seven hours. A long day. It's going to be a long Very day. And it's only going to be listening to people. No discussion about what the legislation would include. It is simply listening to the public on the issue, which is great. You which want to be a part of that part of the process. In fact, if you have a story, if you have a story about your life or someone in your family, we encourage you to show up. We encourage you to your voice to be heard. So if, if you're one of those people out there who was, was conceived in rape or, or, or is, is a person who survived trauma in your life and you're comfortable in telling your story, please show up. Let your voice be heard because that's the beauty of a republic. It really is. People get to hear from you and then they represent you in mm -hmm. your values. So if you've got a story, if you want to testify, show up on Thursday and let your voice be heard. But plan on being there all day because yeah, it's day. going to be Pack all day. Grab us remember, remember when you went to the DMV as a kid and it was before we had the new system? I was just at the DMV the other day. Number 32? Yeah, you oh, 744, please come to window number nine. Yes. But it used to be a line. You used to have to pack a lunch. You'd get there at 9 a.m. and you'd leave at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. Think about this that way and be prepared if you, if you want to show up. Or as Dave mm -hmm. mentioned, we'll have a link for you. Yep. Be able to watch it. You can minimize it on your screen while you're at work or doing whatever you need to do. We move on. That is the South Carolina news of the, of the day, of the week, and probably the next couple of weeks, and we'll continue to track Because we are hearing, a, we're getting a lot of media requests on this right, right now. Of course. So we're already hearing about it from the folks in the media, which means that we know you're, here, you're thinking about this, and this is <laughs> yep. a big issue for you. Exactly. So. We move now into the more broad spectrum. I have here <laughs> AAA's gas prices. These are, as of today, Gentlemen, you're looking at the screen, yeah. so I go to Dave. What is yes. the national average for gas according to AAA today? Oh, let's put it at 4.85 a gallon. You were a little so high. Close. It's 4.80. Oh. What's the South Carolina average? Oh, four. Now let's. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna be 3.96. 4.29 is the 429, average. 4.29, really? 4.29 is Come the to average Lexington. price of gas. No, no plugs here, Todd Lyle, for that one. But you 3.83. Know. Really? 383 yesterday. I filled up at the local wholesale market the other day for 382 somewhere in there. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're actually getting a good deal if you come to the other side of the river. Now the point on this is the point on this is But at least I have earthquakes. You have earth well, you're, I feel you're you earthquakes. are shaking you are shaking up South Carolina you every are. single By day. If you go back if you go back to last week's <laughs> podcast on Wednesday, but we talked about Elgin. We at did. 10 a.m. and then the earthquake happened okay. around 1:30. And it was a good one. And it was a good one. And then another one. But that's and, and another one. And another one. Anyway, and two more last night. And two more last night. But the that's, point is, 
if we talk about it on the if we talk about it now during the podcast, then Mitch's wife's going to feel it even more so, and she'll call <laughs> sometime during yeah. just to e- say exactly. hey. Exactly. Yeah. So the Biden White House, I I, I bring up the oh, gas boy. prices because yeah. The Biden White House, uh, one of their— Are you talking about the resident in chief? Talking about the resident in chief because I don't know if he's presiding over anything, but I sure know he's residing. <laughs> so the point, residing Biden. Look at that. You're welcome, Rona McDaniel. Anyway, the point is, CNN, CNN, asked this question of a White House advisor, you know, part of the administrative state, about gas prices, and he asked him. What should families think about paying $5 a gallon? They're not going to want to do this forever, sir. So what message does this White House have for the American people? And the answer, well, we'll just take a look. National intelligence, uh, they said that this could be a long war measured in years. And I think everybody understands why this is happening. But is it sustainable? What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. But if- well, if it's about the liberal world order, then I'm perfectly fine to pay five dollars. <laughs> because the liberal gas. world order just has to be some sort of magnificent thing where what is gas the just. World order? That's a great question because you look at this, and I'm like, I've heard of the new world order. I've heard of in a couple s- different contexts, context. huh. yeah. but now all of a sudden, and to, to have to have a a Biden White House spokesperson just overtly use that phrase, just says tons about what they're trying to do. Well, well, President Biden, now President Biden, said the same thing in 2017. You can find the audio. He mentions that President Trump's policies were damaging the new the, the liberal world order. Okay, whatever. Then the president, on July 2nd, tweeted this on your screen. My message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product. And do it now. This is a problem because this is executive governmental coercion of the private market. That's one point. Number two... I know folks who own gas stations. Do you know how much gas station convenience store owners make on gas purchases? Zero. They lose money on gas. Where they make their money is in the actual convenience store side. Two nineteen for my for my diet Mountain Dew is just a great price to be able to pay. I used to be happy with fifty cents, you know. Two nineteen is good. Like we're talking three eighty three for gas. Yes, exactly. We're talking we're talking three eighty three for gas as if it's a steal. If you'd have told me three years but, ago, okay, I'd be paying three eighty three. Okay, so but, but here's the thing: Biden is reminding me of you know they want to blame everything on Russia. It's like Millie Vanilli, you know, blame it on the rain. We're going to blame it on Russia. Everything blame and and I think Biden has got about as much validity as Millie Vanilli does. Right. For those of you who do not recall Millie Vanilli, there's a whole thing about that but we'll go into that later but the interesting thing to think about here and and we talked about this on a previous podcast mm-hmm. is that they're actually blessing you with cheaper gas right now they it's are. this ebb and flow effect so they jack the price you remember just a couple months ago you were paying about 20 30 40 cent more for a gallon of gas and the then price has as dropped. summer comes it drops so happy fourth of july you know god bless america if you can say that or not i don't know we'll get to that now we're going to pay a little bit less by Labor Day. Are you going to be paying more or less? So it ebbs and flows so that you feel good about it now. And then they slowly rise, raise the price Okay, again. but didn't you – okay, let's just ask the real question. When 
gas finally dropped below four bucks, were you sitting there going, wow, gas is below four bucks now? Yes. And Conditioning. And, and then we were like, totally, I'm not, I'm sitting there is thinking. Is my math myself, a little fuzzy? Right, because I'm going, the highest it got during the Obama years was three ninety nine a gallon. Yeah. And, and and now that seems to be where we are floating as our norm. This the is the liberal world order. I mean, well, Jeff it's a Bezos, little out of world, out of order world. You but. wouldn't think this was the case, but Jeff Bezos had a response to President Biden's tweet. Wow. He responded shortly after. He quoted the tweet. Here it is on your screen. Ouch. Inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. Can I break down what Jeff Bezos is saying there? You're either lying or stupid. That's That, that would be about be it. Yeah. yeah. That appears to be what he said. So this White House is obviously out of touch. Now, <laughs> it was the 4th of July. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend. It was great. Yeah. It was cooking out and, and having fun. There was a fun, whole lot of God bless America. Fireworks. There was a whole lot. Literally, the song says it. Right. God bless America. Sixteen cent more to do it. Sure, it cost but. you more to put it on, but you were able to put it on. Listen, we'll give you the freedom to do it this year. You're we'll see about next year. Maybe something will happen. We don't know. The president held an event, as most presidents always do, on the Fourth of July. The previous president was at uh, Mount Rushmore at one point for the Fourth of July. That was a really cool fireworks show they put on that yeah. night, by the way. This president has like one job. Just one job. This president's job is to be rolled out in front of the cameras at least once a day, say a few things, five minutes, give me one coherent thought, then we'll wheel you back, give you some applesauce with your matlock, and put you, you're good. You have one job. As the president of the United States, all you need to say at the end of your speech is God bless America. That's uh, all you need to say. Especially on the 4th of July. That's all you need to say. You and you're up there you with your he, wife. But wait, wait, wait. Is, was that on the cue card? Well, remember, last week there was Even a cue card. Is, you you take your seat. You, you talk to this person. Who says God bless I oh, do. Oh, that's right. So the note card obviously right. just said, say God bless America. It didn't say you say God and bless America. it was America. Jill's response. I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Biden. Don't you, you dare. Have to, hey, you have to get this right, Respect man. It was, it was the titles greatest, matter. We talked about this in pre-show. Fine. It was Dr. Biden's yes, responsibility. Yes. Educational doctorate. Stop. She's the greatest doctor this country has seen since Dr. Dre. Well, just... Are, are oh, okay. or, or Dr. I, Pepper. That discussion is over with now. So I back away here's, here's how... The president and the first lady. Roll it. God bless America. Thank you. And God protect our troops. Thank you. Oh. She says, say God bless America, Joe. Say it. And he goes, uh, uh, uh. And then uh, he puts uh, the mic back Then he hands to her. Because we got to hand it to the person who's in charge. Careful. And so she says it. And then he does his God bless our troops, which is fine. God bless our troops. God bless you. Now, he's said God bless America plenty of times. This is not something that he's not but used to not but, saying. But that's not a usual phrase, Justin, that he has been using, especially since he went into the White House. Not lately. How many times have we, at the end of a presidential address, it, it's ended with God bless America? Yep. You know, May God continue heard, to bless right. these United States of America. Right. And, or something along those lines. And he is always God bless our troops, which is, we want that. At the same time, in a situation like this, he doesn't even say it. 
Even Sorkin's character Jedediah Bartlett said, "God bless America." This is true. This I mean, Aaron, West Wing. Is, there. This is an Aaron Sorkin White House. Right. Yeah. The, the point is, I'm not trying to rag on the man. I'm not. If he walked in the room right now, I would shake his hand. Thank you, sir. And we pray for him. And I would pray with you right here to be. Maybe he's calling. Wait I don't a second. Know. Is Maybe it's it, it the president. It is no. not. It is not the president. Sorry that would have been. That, that would have been creepy. Um, <laughs> he hears. But he is listening he in, just so you, you know. If he walks in, wait, never mind. Just, I'm not hating on the president. I just want to make the point that this is starting to be a little sad. The, the this is ineptitude or out and out weakness playing out in front of us on the screen on the nation's birthday. Now I know the nation's birthday was a bit misconstrued this year it's a it's a it's a good thing i told the guys on friday do not look at social media this weekend because people are going to hate on the country and it's going to make you mad and then i looked on social media and people were hating on the country and it made me mad okay so this is my chance it's, to these what things is this, do as i say not as i do, do as yes. i say not as i do yeah this, okay. is, this is the kind of stuff that grinded my that's gears kind of, this weekend that's kind of like progressive liberal approach oh it 100 is okay 100 just want to make it's sure fine. that you were demonstrating that this weekend, that, that while you were watching I social media, to, I have to. Okay, so some I of us, follow some, certain some people have to do people. show prep. So I you're prepared. certain influential people, and certain influential people say things or retweet things that I see. So actually, I don't know if you know this, guys, but the women's march is back. Saturday, July the 9th, coming up this Saturday, the women's march will be in Washington D.C. for I guess a capper on their summer of rage. Because the Ooh. Supreme Court decided we can't decide these things, so we're going to send it back to the states. Apparently, that's a threat to democracy, and we need to change things. Now, I am on the – I cannot believe my social justice score is going up. I'm on the womensmarch.com page, uh, so Your I guess that's ESGs good. Your ESGs are My ESGs are through the roof. Um, you can sign up uh, – hold on real quick. You can sign up to be at the march on July 9th. Are you outraged? Are you disgusted? Whenever I see the women's march, I usually am. Are you ready to throw down? What? Throw down? We I are. thought that was used to be the way you talk good, about dancing. Yeah, it is. They'll okay. probably twerk. Um, on July 9th, you, it's fine. We're taking the fight for abortion rights back to Washington, D.C. Whoa, wait a minute. And we need you to join us. We will not be silent. We will not be ignored. And we will not let politicians play games with our lives and our futures. If our leaders won't take action, we will. Then you have to choose one. Either you are interested in risking arrest. Okay. And you agree to attend an in-person training in D.C. Can I take a trip to Washington? <laughs> this is for real. I'm looking at this. This is You real. actually have – okay. So, you, okay. They, so it's time here's – the, here's the big bold thing. It's time to put our bodies on the line. So you're putting your body on the line. Your body is separate from, oh. Oh. Now, you can also take online action. Oh. It is time for an uprising you can your to body online? abortion okay. rights. It's time for our feminist future. We are demanding that President Biden take executive action now to protect abortion. Oh, so, so we want executive orders now to yes. the, the president because the Supreme Court said – this is not within the jurisdiction of the federal government. It needs to go back to the states. Yes. We are now basically saying that the president needs to take executive action. Yes. What, but when, when Trump did that, 
they had a little bit of a problem that's, with that. So, so the but new that thing was back is, then. Yes. See, okay. here, Dave, you're, you're yeah. missing. So you're missing changed. the point. You're missing. The, you're, you guys both. The resident. Me, the the president became the resident. That changed. Me, no. Okay. Well, it's okay. not just that. Democracy is different now. So democracy now is when things go my way. Oh. Anything that doesn't go my way is now a threat to, to democracy. democracy. So we continue. Okay. All right. I'll say this. If yes. you have a family vacation planned for this weekend in Washington, D.C., don't go. Don't go. See if you can get the deposit back. Yeah. Good idea. Maybe just go to Virginia. Um, they also had a um, – <clears throat> got to be careful here. This Independence Day, we won't be in the streets wearing red, white, and blue. We'll be rocking green and protesting at our local courthouses. Why not at your state houses? Uh, because if we don't have the most basic autonomy and freedom, then hashtag blank the fourth. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. Do we actually... They don't no, say blank. They say no, the word. They, they say actually the word. use the word in the hashtag. Yes. yes. F. So, yes. so here's the interesting thing on that front, because when I had an interview of last week with a reporter out of Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. And I asked how everything had gone with a pro-abortion rally that was going on in Chapin Park. He said, well, the hardest thing for me to do is get some of the B-roll. That's the video that you see when a story is playing. Right. It's hard for me to get B-roll because the signs were so vulgar. You can't show them. You can't. So there was like one or two crowd shots that could actually be shown because it went against FCC regulation to right. be able to actually yeah. show the signs because of the language that's on there, and and that's the way, exactly speaking, what this is. Speaking of B-roll on your screen right now, you'll you're you're seeing what's happening in Washington D.C. This happened on Monday night after a fireworks show on the Fourth of July. You're seeing it on your screen. The the point simply is this: they want executive action on abortion and. I don't know, that, that wouldn't fare well in the court because the Supreme Court has just ruled on this. This issue is for the states, and I'm perfectly fine with you protesting in your state house. That's your right as an American citizen and for a, a redress of, of grievances. As a matter of fact, there were dozens, a couple hundred, yeah. who actually went into the state house mm -hmm. on the day, the last day that the legislature was here, which was last, last Wednesday. Wednesday, and they they made their voices, which is exactly yeah. what they should right. have been doing. Loudly, loudly but peacefully. By the way, we right. tongue in cheeked it about the insurrection sure. thing. And I want to make sure we yeah. understand that was it was it was full and out not an insurrection. No. But in today's vernacular, just as we discussed democracy, in our day's vernacular, it appeared to be an insurrection. What is the an point insurrection? Is, what is an insurrection? We'll discuss that on a new Sunday special, <laughs> I assume. Um, we'll have to get the smart people in the room, like uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, who compared the issue of abortion being sent back to the states the same as us going back to time of slavery really we have to recognize that we're a nation that was founded on certain principles that are that are grounded in the concept of freedom and liberty we also know that we've had a history in this country of government trying to claim ownership over human bodies and we had supposedly evolved from that time and that way of thinking so this is very problematic on so many levels now this is this attempt at a double entendre is a bit misguided, Mrs. Harris, again, Mrs. Vice President. Because again, if she walked in the room right now, I would chuckle, but I would be respectful. And then when she left, I would burst out laughing. Because she, every room she walks into, the IQ of everyone drops by 50. She's comparing states being able to stop people from killing children willy-nilly 
to the same as us living in a country where it was completely okay to sell human beings, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't we found out through different avenues that they actually sell aborted baby parts? They actually do. There okay. actually is a profit okay. center for that. The selling of, of human body parts. Well, yes. isn't that something? So, again, we're, we're talking about these, these, these arguments that make no sense. They just, they just, on their face, once you get past the talking points, they just don't understand. Now, she didn't come out and exclusively say slavery, but she said government trying to claim ownership over human bodies. It appears to, it appears to be a callback to, to slavery. And you see this every year with the 4th of July, too, right? Well, how can we celebrate a country where for another hundred or so years, because, as Martin Luther King wrote, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence is that promissory note. And we have consistently moved closer and closer to the realization of that promissory note since it was signed, or since it was approved on July 4th, 1776, drafted in the months prior to that, and then put into action. You know, the, the great Michael Scott quote, I didn't just say it, I declared it. The, the point is, the thrust of the argument from, from people on the pro-life side, there is nowhere listed in the Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence, or any major state law that gives someone the right, except California, that gives somebody the right to kill their own child. It's just nowhere. So when we talk about this, it needs to be morally reprehensible. Well, that goes back to what we talked about on a previous podcast when we were talking about the fact that, was it Halle Berry? Yes. Yes. Halle Berry had, had basically said that the same procedure for an abortion is the same procedure for a miscarriage. An abortion is a miscarriage is, what was the other item? I um, you had ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, ectopic pregnancy. And, and while the medical procedure to remove a child after it has died in utero is the same procedure as an abortion. The two are not the same. They are not the same because one is, the, is after a child has lost his or her life. This one is, while the child is still alive, we're going to remove it piece by piece. Which is... Which, the graphic, and we're not trying to be ugly with this one, and we're not trying to be disgusting, but the reality is that's what the abortion procedure does. And the difference is whether or not that life inside the mother is considered life, a human being, or not. And that's where the real philosophical divide is. And that goes back to what we've talked about before. We really want there to be a culture within America that values life. We definitely want to demonstrate that in South Carolina so that we have legislation that makes it very clear that the culture of our state recognizes that taking a human life is wrong. This issue is cut deeper as, as we wrap this up, and I never thought I'd say this. We wrap up our edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast talking about Katy Perry and Bette Midler. I never the would week- have thought that would <laughs> over have been the, weekend, the way we would wrap a over podcast. Over the weekend, the 4th of July allows, because we declared our independence and freedom from tyranny, and we live in a republic where you have freedom of speech, you can be dumb. And I still have to listen to you. Everyone has the right to be wrong. Everyone has the right to be wrong. So in this case, Katy Perry, who has just given birth to daughter Daisy with Orlando Bloom, who was in Lord of the Rings, um, she was on Twitter in the early hours of July 4th 
I was sleeping in the early hours of July 4th. Baby, you're a firework is a 10. But women in the U.S. have fewer rights than an actual sparkler, SMH, or for those of you who don't know, that means shaking, shaking my head. My head. Um, really? Women have less rights than a sparkler? I'm sorry, do I light you on fire? Yikes. I'm confused. What, what does that mean? Uh, to be fair, now, I can't shoot fireworks after a certain time in the town of Lexington. I, I actually think that sparklers and fireworks are probably more regulated. Yeah. Then it's the same argument as it, guns, right? Right. I mean, it's the same thing. But I, guns but, have more rights than I do. No, I can't narrative. take a gun into a church. Right. Doesn't right. fit my narrative. Now, Bette Midler also joined in. If you need, if you need a laugh, if you, you go to Bette Midler. How, right. How far are we going to dig down on this? We're going to go. We're going to go a little deep uh, here. Okay. She said that the Fourth of July was canceled oh. following a shortage of independence. Sincerely, oh. women. She continued, "Women of the world," all caps. We're being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even of our name. Now, here's, here's where Miss Midler, mm, she riled up some people on the other side. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or oh, menstruators. Ooh. Don't let them erase you. But Every wait. human on earth owes you. Now, wait. I'm just going to, real quick, uh, Mrs. Midler. Uh, mm. Take that up with Speaker Pelosi. I'll never forget the day that Congressman Joe Wilson walked into office one day. And, and I said, Congressman, he went, no, we're now called congresspersons. Yeah, congresspersons, congresspeople. And not congressman, not congresswoman. So when Bette Midler wants to have her gripe session, it is not with the conservatives that she needs to have this discussion. It's with the speaker of the dadgum house. Right. Yeah. Because that's they are they are systematically trying to remove gender from everything they possibly can. So the they bet is your side. In the words of those in psychology, Miss um, Midler, your slip is showing. Right. Um, you know this is this is the classic case of the pot calling the kettle black. This is me pointing the finger at someone else, saying you're the problem, and then realizing that all these other fingers are pointing, pointing right back. back. It's me and my people over here versus all of them. And in all reality, we're all together. And we need to understand that, man, there's some really messed up stuff out there. And Miss Midler just seems to be part of it. Jessica Chastain, another one, oh, another boy. Hollywood starlet. Can you name a movie? Yes, I can. I'm looking at them. Perfect. Um, it, Chapter 2. Zero Dark Thirty. The Help, Zero Dark Thirty. Martian, It, The Zookeeper's Wife. She's out of this world. Mama, Take Shelter, Jolene. She's been in several movies. She, in a photo on Instagram, just was shooting you all the double bird. Happy Independence Day for me and my reproductive rights. Okay, again, oh. again, this, this reproductive oh. rights thing. Reproductive uh, rights means the protection to reproduce. And when you abort a child, you are no longer reproducing. I'm very we interested, though. Do we understand that at some point, if we continue on with the LGBTQ push and the push for abortion, we will cease to exist as human beings? I'm well, very curious, though, because I'm, I'm kind of curious as to where she actually lives. Because if she lives in well, California... Okay, if she lives in New York, if she lives in New York City, guess what? Those are states that would allow her 
to have an abortion. Like I said last week, Kathy, you live in California, you can abort the child 95 years after it's born. Once this, again, it yeah. doesn't fit the narrative. Right, because, again, narrative would not matter if it weren't for the fact that all we really want to do is see how many likes we can get shooting a double bird. Right. I mean, this is where the, the lunacy of all of this is just out of this world. And, and so when you're talking with folks and you're having these conversations, keep a few things in mind. They're going to tell you this is a threat to democracy when reality is the Supreme Court said we're putting this into the hands of the people closest to you. Mm -hmm. That allows your direct involvement in the democratic process more so because you have your House member and your senator from your community and your state House and state Senate that are going to be a part of this. Not 535 members in Washington, D.C. Not nine people wearing black robes. Not nine people wearing black robes. Or red and blue robes, Chuck Todd. Just saying. So when you look at that, this breaks down to 7,383 state legislative members across the 50 states that are now speaking into these issues within your state's boundaries. So the people that represent you, that are at your grocery store, that, that, that your kids go to school with their kids, where you may go to church together, you're involved in the same civic group, you have an ability to speak to them very directly about what you want to see happening in South Carolina. It's going to be very different than what Gavin Newsom wants to turn around and do in, in California. Or in Florida, as we saw this week. Hey, which he did run ads in Florida. Which, Maybe yeah. he's, is that because he's gearing up for a presidential run in 2024? All that and more to come on the next issue. The point, the point is, Dave, you make right. a great point that if you want democracy, if you want as Padma Lakshmi, who is one of the who? hosts. Padma Lakshmi is one of the hosts is that of a, Top do Chef, you, Dave. Do you get top the, Chef. Don't, don't you, isn't that like. Okay. I didn't know that until I read the article. Okay. I mean, she, it, she, it sounds like, oh, she says she? She showed, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, well, know? well, maybe. Um, it does sound like a dessert. A shalatsmi? I'm just saying. Padma, I'm going to I apologize. Padma Lakshmi. Okay. Hashtag yes. not a happy fourth with the American flag in front of it. I'm so, not a happy fourth. Okay. Not a happy fourth. Okay. And she shared a picture of a, of a cake with a red Red oh. let's, let's just show and it real quick. Here, Here it is on the screen. And separate church and state. Miss Lakshmi. It's already that way. Just because you shout separation of church and state, as we close, you will not find a single reference to scripture of biblical Jewish Muslim scripture anywhere in the Supreme Court decision. Not a single one of the Supreme Court justices cited their religious beliefs. And just because someone has a religious abhorrence to the fact that you're killing children does not mean that the church is influencing the state. And it does not mean that we are a theocracy. We have never been a theocracy. The nation of Israel in the Old Testament was a theocracy. We are not. That is not how this works. People can believe in God and also believe in their government. It's perfectly fine. And we're going to have a future podcast on this because when, you, when you look at the Supreme Court decision that came down about Coach Kennedy— yeah. And the ability to pray on the 50-yard oh line. Lemon and the lemon, the lemon, lemon test. test. Uh, if you think how that, to identify a lemon. <laughs> how to identify a lemon. So when, we're going to break this one down because yeah. you need to understand the impact of the Dobbs case was huge. The impact of the Kennedy case was even more so for what it means in yes. your local community. Again, yeah. we do this podcast, one, because we, we've heard from you. 
You want to know what's going on. What are the issues? Why they matter? What's the Bible say about them? And what I can do about it? And, and this is a place where if you want the Ten Commandments back up at your courthouse in your hometown, the, the Supreme Court decision that came down about Coach Kennedy impacts your ability to ask for that to be back there. We're going to go into that in more detail on a future podcast, so make sure you stay tuned for that. So that's where we're going to break it down and talk about the lemon test. It's right. how to defi- identify a lemon, right. what it usually, looks like. Usually what turns out is if it pursed the Supreme Court's lips when it came to religion, they, they said, <laughs> can't, we great, can't have wait. it. It's the 10th Amendment, or it's the Establishment Clause. We can't do it. Sorry, I get them, I get them confused It's so sometimes. confused. And I think the Supreme Court had mostly confused, too. We're going to break that down because the case that we're talking about here is the Coach Kennedy case. Yes. Where the coach had the ability to go and pray after a football game, by himself, not inviting anybody else. If they wanted to come along, that was great. It was not mandatory for him to personally right. go and pray on the 50-yard line. This is a sort of case that matters for you in this. If you want to have the Ten Commandments on your county courthouse grounds, and they have said previously, well, you can't do that, separation of church and state, that's not true any longer. That's right. right. Because they actually have said the way that we have taken a look at that historically from the court was wrong. That is one of the biggest things that has happened with this court and, and the impact that this Supreme Court has had and I think will continue to have well, I moving think, forward. I think what we've seen is that has really been overshadowed, obviously so, by the Dobbs decision. But I think this has far-reaching impacts into your daily life, Dave, as you just mentioned. We hope you enjoyed the new digs. I like them. I hope you do too. And we'll be back later this week with more about that decision with Coach Kennedy We'll be talking with some folks from Daybreak, talking about how the crisis pregnancy centers in our state are wrapping their arms around this Dobbs decision and at the same time wrapping their arms around women who are in crisis. That's a lot more to come. And in fact, if you see behind us, we're going to be utilizing a lot more of this studio as the days, weeks, and months progress. So so here's folks. If if you're listening to us on your podcast, there are hundreds of you who listen to us today. today. They're, They're listening to us and you're just listening to us. Hop on Facebook or download the Palmetto Family Council app or download Palmetto Family on your Roku or your Apple TV or whatever your smart TV is. Download the app because you can actually watch these episodes. Yes, you can. We make them available for you on our television channels as well as our podcast channels. So there are more places for you to share this. If this is something you want to be able to use in a Sunday school class or part of your Bible study to be able to open up a discussion, there are ways that we are making it easier for you to be able to do, but also on social media for you to be able to share. Because sharing this message is one of the most important things that you can do to be a part of partnering with us here at Palmetto Family. Sharing is caring. And, and, look, for the, <laughs> and look for the Easter eggs every single week as we keep on moving forward. Again, for Dave Wilson, for Mitch Prosser, for our entire team at Palmetto Family. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Again, subscribe, like, share, get this thing rolling. We are the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.